0: Turning at this point to issues raised by another of the films that feature in the album, which focuses on how climate change is affecting and will continue to affect the Thames Gateway in the south coast of England, we learn, don't we, that the UK has its own problems afoot. However, there is a a large pot of money to put to good use. But as with all pots of money, there are decisions to be made as where and how to use that money and for what purpose. So this marks out a very, very different territory to the territory in Bangladesh, of course, where there isn't the money to actually do what's needed.
1: Yes, and when we designed the course, in the first part of the course on climate change, we decided to have a comparative um, DVD case studies on two countries that face very different problems and have got very different socioeconomic backgrounds, and we chose Bangladesh and the United Kingdom. And in particular in the UK, we chose the southeastern region uh, of the country, the Thames Gateway, now, the United Kingdom, which is a far more wealthier country than Bangladesh, has got the economic resources to deal with some of the problems of coastal erosion that Bangladesh simply doesn't have. Okay? The whole of the Bangladeshi coastline is very low-lying, so options such as building sea walls is simply not available for the Bangladeshi people without massive international economic assistance. As one of our interviewees told us, it would eat up the entire Bangladeshi national budget to build seawalls to protect itself from the rising sea levels that are predicted this century. One of the points raised by the sceptics is that there is very little evidence of sea level rise at the present time. They've got a point. However, all the scientific models are predicting that there will be significant sea level rises this century, possibly as, as many as metres So sea level rise is a problem that the Thames Gateway will face. How is it going to deal with this problem? The Thames Gateway gives in to the capital city, London. Some economically valuable real estate is there. So the the Thames has to be protected. Building barriers, seawalls and tidal barriers such as the Thames Gateway is an option for the United Kingdom. But economic resources devoted to protecting London mean that there is less money to protect other parts of the coastline. It's predicted that, as we show in the film, that the Thames Barrier, which was not incidentally built to combat sea level rises from climate change, but was built to combat tidal surges after a tidal surge in 1953, is probably not going to protect London throughout this century. There will probably need to be a stronger barrier built. These Options that we have in the United Kingdom are simply not available to many low-lying countries in the south.
0: There are decisions being made as to where and what to protect now and, and thinking about the future and thinking about now. But should we be spending money for future generations here in the west or dealing with a situation in other parts of the world first with these budgets. I know it's not as yeah. simple as that. These budgets are no. variable and different, but if you could see it that simply, what would you say?
1: Well, there's, there is another option, actually, which is that um, money that's spent on adaptation could perhaps be better spent on mitigation, by which I mean reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Sure, we've got to address those problems that exist now, but we also doing that without addressing... Continuing, in some countries, increasing greenhouse gas emissions won't solve the problem. Perhaps we should be spending money on developing a new generation of clean and green energy so that we can decarbonise the economy and break our reliance on fossil fuels. As to whether we should be spending our money protecting the Thames Gateway or Bangladesh, that I think will depend upon the interests involved. What is clear is that the UK can protect itself for the time being, far better than Bangladesh. But even in the United Kingdom, some communities are going to have to lose. Building seawalls is not an option for the whole of the UK coastline, even for a country as rich as the UK. What we found when we made this film was that on the Isle of Sheppey in Kent, there are different strategies for different parts of the coastline. In some parts of the coastline, the strategy is hold the line maintain the the existing shape of the coastline and build sea barriers, sea walls for example, to keep the sea out. In less economically important areas the strategy is very different. It's no active intervention. Let the coastline erode as nature takes a hold. Let the sea go where it will. Now some communities are losing out as a result of this. We interviewed some people who live near cliff edges and these cliffs are slowly eroding and they're predicted to erode further throughout the 21st century. Now that's not purely a a problem of climate change. The cliffs have always been eroding. But what the evidence suggests is that they will erode further as uh, sea level rises take hold in the Thames Gateway area.
0: Mariam, you're living in the UK for one year before going home to Bangladesh as part of your studies of adaptation in Bangladesh. Yes. Have you sort of followed with interest some of the environmental problems that are happening in the UK? And does it bring up issues for you in comparison,
2: the stark comparison? Yes, there is a stark comparison because firstly, uh, when we talk about vulnerability in the UK, we have to realise that vulnerability in the UK is not the same vulnerability in Bangladesh. Because like here in UK, you actually have the option and some coping strategies and the government helps you up. But in Bangladesh, as much as the government would like to help all the people, but that's not possible because there are so many other areas that funding is needed. And in Bangladesh, like here, the people don't even earn enough to have their money in banks or something to fall back on. Once they lose their livelihoods, they lose their house, they lose everything, basically. So their vulnerability is a lot more higher. And in Bangladesh, a lot more people are vulnerable because due to the high amount of population that we have in such a tiny little area. But other than that, like I see that people... That I've come across actually are interested to know what would happen. They actually ask me questions about what the situation is. And that is actually quite positive, I think, because I do try to give them an awareness of what the picture in Bangladesh really is, because it's very hard living in the UK to know what exactly goes on in developing countries unless you've been there.
0: It's almost impossible, sure, isn't it? Yes. Because if
2: you look at the domestic media, if you live in UK,
0: yeah. you'll hear about the the floods in Oxford or uh-huh. Sheffield or wherever it is. But it's right, Jessica, isn't it? You hear very little about the impact in the rest of the world, except if there's a disaster, in inverted commas. That's right. I think in the UK, we do tend to be preoccupied with our own situation. And I think people see the situation in countries like Bangladesh as pretty much nothing to do with them. Whereas... I think the situation in countries like Bangladesh is inherently tied to practices in this country, like through unequal terms of trade. And I think also there's a view that poorer people are resilient, that, you know, they can lose everything, they're used to that and they can just start again. But I think if people reflected on if they themselves lost everything, how that would be, I think it really is pretty devastating. Do you think that's right, Dave? Do you think that, I mean, when it came to something like the tsunami, there there was enormous interest here in Britain, wasn't it? And people taught rightly or wrongly whether there was a link to global warming and all that. But that was partly because Westerners were there on holiday. Do you think that's right? It
1: was partly because Westerners were there, but it was partly because it was a single, one-off, highly catastrophic event that captured the imagination, if you like, of people around the world. And these single, one-off, mega-events are more likely to gain sympathy and understanding and financial support from people than creeping problems such as um, climate change, which is happening bit by bit. It's death by a thousand cuts, if you like. Well, although there are the the big catastrophic events, such as the cyclones in Bangladesh, the problem is more one of slow, creeping, often barely noticeable day-to-day changes that are cumulative over time and that affect people. And this sort of change doesn't really grab people's imagination in the same way as something like, say, the tsunami. From the Open University.